Hi, welcome to Living La Vita Loca podcast. My name is Baz. And I'm Rich. And I've got a new beginning for us. So, other right. podcasts, they always go, oh, um, this is like a retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs. Right. And these are the things that we do, which we would say we specialise in PSP and PS Vita reviewing and general jib-jab. Are you ask, asking me or, or telling me? Both. Sounds like you're asking me. I am I asking mean, What you. episode number is this? This is like, what, 19? Uh, I've got to guess that. Yeah, 19. Yeah, 19, 19 yeah. episodes in. <laughs> Welcome to Living La Vita Loca podcast. Your local <laughs> to some of Hello? you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, retro gaming <laughs> podcast for some of your retro gaming podcast needs, mostly based around PSP and PS Vita. How about good. that? Was, right. was that the intro, or were you just telling me the same thing again? Yeah, yeah, no, that right. was it was double. It's good. I think that's uh, okay. Yeah. Might workshop it later. Workshopable. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. So there's always room for improvement, isn't there? Yes, there is, yeah. uh, in all of our lives. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, there probably would be in my life, because as, you know, I had those two calamities last week, which was the jog, the jog? The, the jog. Do- the dog. Jumping on my jogs, my joggers, and making me muddy, and then getting hit a little bit by a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This week, I streamed a cat shit, and that went everywhere. Do you think Mm. you should lean into that? Because you think, my streamer is just going to take this poo to pieces... Like, as in, I didn't know it was there, yeah. and then it started happening, and I was like, I'm just going to lean into it, because I know it's happening, yeah. and it just, it didn't, it just, didn't help. Oh it, it, it went everywhere, and it smelled yep. horrendously. <laughs> so, I noticed that uh, Sunset, the cat, has left the room now, um, yeah. and I feel like she, it's not hers, it's not her poo, no. but I feel like she's maybe a spokesman for cat kind, and maybe... I could have shook her paw or something on this, or maybe, yeah. I mean, she did give the Lion King nine out of ten, though. So I think you've yeah. got to take her opinions with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, she probably wouldn't approve of me flinging her, you know, her species poo everywhere. I mean, uh, she, she uh, might very fast rate. She might demand to do the same back. <laughs> um, God, you know. Like... We have to watch a cat stream like, in some kind of bizarre ceremony, <laughs> like I don't know, a band or something, <laughs> a speech. It's like sort of like meeting someone from like Western Samoa for the first time or something. It's like here's our get, weird get ceremony. Plane, come down the steps, get on the carpet, do the speech, stream the cat shit, hop on the plane, off yeah, the pot. No, exactly, and. When I said you had to come for to us for all your retro gaming, or some of your retro some gaming needs, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the other needs. <laughs> so the absolute bullshit. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the other thing was uh, yesterday at work, I had a really heavy metal shelf fall on my head, which kind of cut behind oh, my shit. ear and really hurt. And it looks Ooh, like a vampire's yeah. going to go at me. So okay, that's kind of. You know, I, I nearly made a joke about it being like metal, as in the material, or metal like metal, <laughs> yeah. or, or what. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, that answers that. That looked oh. like it hurt. It does feel like someone hit me with a guitar, like <laughs> quite aggressively. So, you know, that's that's fine. Speaking of metal, mm. oh, have you worked on that? Set. No, <laughs> well, but since then, natural. no, no, that was actual natural. That was probably from the blow to the head that made that happen. <laughs> just elevated that came that, language skills. That just came to me. Um, and yeah, metal. We're yeah. going to be talking something metal today. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid. And I think possibly 
It's going to be one of those podcasts where we uh, talk about one of our joint loves, I think. Or maybe not yeah. a joint love. Let's discuss that to start off with. Because, do we like Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, do we like Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> but like, I think we talk about it quite a bit and we've probably played yeah. all of it. <laughs> Most yeah. of it, if not all of it. So, um, yeah, I think that it's probably likely that it would be a shared love. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I mean, it's definitely worked its way into the very fibre of my being. Like, mm. if I hear that kind of... You know, guard alert, exclamation mark, above the head kind of noise. You know, yeah. uh, like, I... Brent? That was a is terrible it? impression of it, <laughs> Richard. Yours is way better. Is it? Do you think so? Well, I mean, you need a bit of echo on it. But yeah, sure, yeah, it's yeah. better than mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, those sorts of things. And like, the the number of times, um, like, you know, Solid Snake would just sort of grunt something, but have... Um, you know, three dots as the subtitles, or just repeat like Metal Gear yeah. and stuff like that over and over again. Oh no, I've just done something. <laughs> oh, what have you done? <laughs> At the start of the pod, I thought it coincided really well, and it has, and I'm going to have to do it now. Yeah. So Bernados, 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 oh, Bernados, um, we're selling uh, Metal Gear Acid Two. Oh, nice. And we're gonna. I'm going to be reviewing Metal Gear Acid One tonight, mm-hmm. and Peace Walk for the PSP nice. for a tenner. Oh yeah. Uh, so and. Bargain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one else had bid on it. It's the without the cases, so obviously that you know, I guess devalues them in a way. But certainly in terms of me wanting to play them on the PSP, you'll get your money's worth. I'm going to click pay now, and that's <laughs> that's happening live in the pod, live eBaying again, like episode watch, three, I think watch it was. Has pay thirteen pounds forty nine, including postage for two games for the PSP that I will. Play it at some point. Nice. So nice. that's cool. I, I do. I I do have Peace Walker for. I have had it previously, um, and I do have it for the HD remake on the Xbox. Oh but yeah. I yeah, want to yeah. play it on its native system. So yeah. No, I mean it's a good one as well, especially like for what they tried to do with like five and stuff like that. It seemed to really really draw on it. Mm. So I think it's definitely yes. one of those ones that um, I always look back on fondly. Mm-hmm. So that's we are looking back on Metal Gear Solid fondly, but mm. also you know at everything Metal Gear Solid. I think that it's possibly one of the most talked about franchises of all time. It, across, Probably because it's batshit. Yeah, across <laughs> across video gaming, like a lot of people want to talk a lot of Metal Gear Solid because it's a lot of crazy. Mm. But but weirdly, like it feels like it's one of those crazy batshit things that's translated from Konami into the Western world and people have picked it up and gone, this is mental, but I still love it and I'd still want it and need it in your very fibre of your being, yeah, like you said. I think it's it's grounded enough. Um, and, like, you know, a lot of the plots and stuff like that are very, like, Western-focused, but they have this kind of very Japanese-feeling, bubbling, quiet lunacy yeah. <laughs> um, underneath. Um which sometimes becomes very overt lunacy and, mm. and it's charm. Like it's not a po-faced military angry grunt sim apart from all of those times that it is. Yeah. But then, you know, <laughs> you're suddenly having to fight a person who is like, a, I don't know, a swarm of bees personified or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, that just get your attention mm. <laughs> or mm. keep your attention because some of these games are fucking long. Yeah, that's and, probably and very cinematic. That's a that's a really good really good way of putting it. I feel like we're probably going to say a lot of things that other people have said before maybe over the last 20 years or 
um, we might cover ground that's already been covered, but also at the same time, I feel like some of the things I want to say about Metal Gear Solid are, um, I'm not trying to be different or, you know, a little bit like sort of, you know, off-piste or anything about it, but certainly there's things that I consider about Metal Gear Solid where I go, oh, not many people talk about this being like a favourite moment or something that they've really enjoyed or got into detail about. Mm. Uh, and certainly, so I will be reviewing, as previously mentioned, Metal Gear Acid tonight, which is a strategy card game for the PSP. And not many people talk about that in Metal Gear's best moments or or even Metal Gear's worst moments or anything when you see them pop up on the internet. Mm. So I feel after just playing it this week, quite well placed to be able to say, well, actually, you know, like maybe that needs a reappraisal. And here we are for me. So yeah. um, how about you? What are you looking at? Um, I'm doing the HD collection on PS Vita. So proper basic bitch territory. It's Metal Gear <laughs> Solid 2 and 3. Like you can't really go wrong with it. Yeah, but... <laughs> It is far from basic bitch, though, isn't it? Isn't like no. I mean, it'll be a relatively quick review because it's it's definitely nothing that hasn't been said mm. forever and a day. Um, in fact, do you want me to just crack on and get it out of the way? I, I could do. You, <laughs> just you know, just get the podcast just, out of the way. Just get, it done. just get the pod out of the way. <laughs> right before we do that, then. Yeah. So let's talk about what we're currently eating and drinking because I want to mention that certainly for. Uh, our audience is maybe not in the UK as well. Uh, we're eating Revels, which are by the Mars Company. Now, <laughs> if you don't know what Revels are, Revels are a mystery mix of chocolatey goodness uh, that have... What have they got in there? So you've got a Galaxy Minstrel without like the shell, um, an orange chocolate ball, a toffee, uh, a raisin. They used to have peanuts yeah, as well, which toffee. is sad. And they're gone. Um, Maltesers. A coffee. Chocolate, orange, raisin, and yeah, coffee. Yeah. Um, so, you know. And you don't know what you're going to get, apart from some of the shapes are quite easy to tell. Yeah. Which is yeah, some I mean, of just, this attempt to actually get them out. We're about a handful could, of them. Here we go, for the Can't for the really sound wrong. effect for the pod. There we go. Oh. Just pull that towards there. So, yeah, we've got them out. That's good. So, I mean, you can tell what a raisin is. So I'll stay away from that. Although, <laughs> I do like chocolate raisins, but I'm not wasting a revel opportunity mm. on a chocolate raisin I don't and like obviously the minstrels are quite obvious um, I might dig into those and uh, have a little go tell you what wasn't once upon a time wasn't there a, an advert for Revels that was riffing on the um, Russian roulette scene on in Deer Hunter oh my like, oh my days you've just reminded me you can't so, get away with that nowadays the, surely <laughs> you, you can get away with that as an actual legitimate advert somewhere floating around on Facebook is a video of me yeah. doing it in sixth form <laughs> The, 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 at the time I would have owned a PSP and people who were listening to this podcast that were six four with me will know fine well that video exists. <laughs> and I had parcel tape wrapped around my knuckles <laughs> and my head as in like to have a bandana, solid snake style, and also to have it wrapped around like bandages for just like the advert, like they look like they're yeah. about to end some bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> And there is there is there is a video wow. that cannot be reminded me of me going oh Duffy, <laughs> so <Good> yeah, grief. <laughs> you just didn't know you did not know that like I totally uh, blundered into that, but we all did, wow. and that was wonderful. What a great moment! The that important thing happened. is I didn't make that advert up. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. It was a good advert. And so much so that it was mimicked by myself. Reenacted in sick form on the rooms up and down the country on a really grainy piece of footage. <laughs> like you know, I'm talking like there's about five pixels filmed on a flip phone. Kind of. If thing. somebody can find that somehow, you know how you can't quite find 
Facebook videos and things anymore. Mm. Like they seem to have disappeared. Like remember we used to have notes, and it was like they seem to have, like the very first thing on Facebook was like, oh, I really quite like. I remember in first year of university, me and my friend Pete and Alan, uh, we all went to Scarborough and we wrote a note about our day. And Pete sent it to me, and it was like, and, and that still pops up every year on my Facebook. But and you know, a lot of things don't. Uh, oh, yeah. So I assume, well, it is definitely on the internet somewhere, floating around. I'm gonna <laughs> endeavour to find that for you. Well, there you go, internet. Yeah, you've got a job to do now. <laughs> <laughs> Might be on an MSN Messenger somewhere. Like, in oh like... yeah, dust off the Hotmail accounts. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> my my Hotmail account is still. Yeah, as you well very know. Very much in use, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very much in use. <laughs> the ridiculous name of my Hotmail account that's from when I was 12 years old. So, um, And we are drinking chocolate of kinds as well. So also, we've got a very flavoursome set of drinks with us. We've got a vocation beer. We've talked about vocation before on the pod. I think we might even have drank this on the pod before. Probably. Um, sweet, it's a favourite. Yeah. Sweet Temptation. It's a chocolate stout. Great. Uh, flavours in terms of that, you know, you can eat a Revel and feel like you're eating chocolate and you can drink this drink and feel like you're drinking chocolate. So <laughs> there's my review of this. There we go. Yep. Job done. And we'll also be digging into a Northern Monk. Again, we've had them on the pod before. Um, Leeds Brewery. They've currently got at the moment, I think it's a bit of a summer series, a Flake and Sauce ice cream pale ale. Uh, it's meant to have overtones or undertones Wumbling free, um, chocolate, vanilla, and raspberry. So you should be able to taste one of th- or three of three flavors. <laughs> got a one in three chance of tasting. Something. <laughs> How can they make? I, I can't wait to get into that later when we're probably yeah, yeah. under some sort of Metal Gear Solid induced coma. You know that is in like that will definitely add <laughs> to the lunacy later on. So I, but, I briefly toyed earlier on with every time you said Metal Gear, sitting here and going. Gear. And I thought, you know what, I can't keep that up over an hour. And I realised that already it would be far too much. <laughs> Me and my friend Dwayne, who I mentioned on the pod before, like constantly, for some reason, it's from Metal Gear Solid 1, where he's like talking to Donald Anderson, the dad, who was like, bribes. And you're like, I just, just, like, just say it to each other constantly, just for it is. It's like, why why wouldn't you do that? You know, yeah. like, as in, like, sure. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and if you ever hear that word being said by anybody in, in like, Real life, and you're both there, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna do it first? <laughs> Please, oh, Malteser. Oh, it could have been worse. Did, well, yeah, but I don't, I didn't buy a bag of Maltesers. <laughs> I feel like we're doing a weird revisionist version of that Deer Hunter advert now. <laughs> that, that, that is definitely, oh, that Malteser. was, that was Fine. the one that, that was the, that was the example I used when I did the video. Malteser! <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay, right, All right, cool. So, Metal Gear Solid, HD Collection, yeah. PSP Vita, go. Yeah. Um, so, it's Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, they look really, really nice. In fact, the, the top note I've got here is just, how? Um, <laughs> because like it, it feels like it shouldn't work. Mm. Um, but they're there, you know, in their entirety. There's a bunch of VR mm. missions, there's... Um, on Metal Gear Solid 3, it comes with the um, the old MSX versions of um, Metal Gear and mm. um, Metal Gear 2 as well. So you can go right the way back if you mm. want to. Have you um, played them? Um, I've dabbled. I've mm. not played um, much. To be honest with you, it did make me think that I might have a look at picking up um, 
Metal Gear Solid on the Game Boy Color because mm. it really reminded me of that, and I, I used to play that, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's about forty quid wow. now down CEX or something like that. So yeah, um, one to one to mull over. Mm. Um, but yeah, like they're they're great. Still, you know, they're, they're classics for a reason, especially Metal Gear Solid 3. I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Um, but, <laughs> With CQC. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Because, you know, you if you're going to do it, you do it properly, don't you? Kicking punch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, punch, punch, kick. <laughs> although I kept punching everything in the shins. Yeah. Um, which, you know. Including the crocodiles. <laughs> including the crocodiles and a dog. Um, but, like, <laughs> I, you know. It, Dogs have shin bones? I mean, they seem to Well, do. not anymore, that one. But, <laughs> um, but you know. They turn into like a ration afterwards. <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, but like, the, so yeah, some of the animation is a little bit clunky mm-hmm. um, and sort of PS2 era creaky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, they, they hold up. Um, the, the trickier bits are with the obviously with the, the length of some of the cutscenes and things like that and the fact that it's a portable device, you know, you go into a cutscene and suddenly a battery starts blinking that it needs yeah. charging and stuff like that yeah. or, you know, you're about to miss your bus stop. Um, but at least, you know, if you um, just stick the system in sam- standby, it seems to nearly pause the cutscene. You might lose a few seconds by from my half ass testing but um that's a, that's a it's, little tip for anyone out there still playing the Vita. yeah you know, yeah like you can picking this game up you can sort of keep keep tabs on it um the the sort of the snags i found were that can i ask just, yeah yeah uh, sorry just, no that's uh, all right it gives me a chance to check what the hell i've written <laughs> what was i going to say um how much was this on release? Was it about forty pounds, or was it more? Or oh, good question. I can't remember off the top of my head. Like it, it was a full price release, mm. um, and I think actually that, that probably brings me nicely to to one of my like to to say gripes sounds really harsh, but like like you alluded to earlier, if you get the same collection on the PS3 or the Xbox 360, you get Peace Walker as well. Mm. Whereas here you don't mm-hmm. because it was a separately available download anyway. Yeah. Um. So that. It it sort of feels a bit weird. Can I um, just say that that's just a physical version, I think. That uh, isn't sort of downloadable okay. version from Xbox Store at the time. Yeah. The one I got just had two and three. That's Didn't have anything at all. Okay. And I think that that is the case. That is in so, not lost to the annals, but almost that you have to have that physical release version oh. on the Xbox 360. So you've got, I, I think from what I can see as well, what I've seen the internet and what I've seen when I've been shopping is that um, that this holds its value really well because of what you get in this collection and huh. the beta. So I think it's still like going for like twenty five pounds, like as in as a as a hard copy. And yeah. I think you probably get more for it as well if you tried to sell it, for example. Yeah, you'd have thought it would be the other way around, like with the Xbox version and stuff like that, and because mm. you know you just throw more stuff at the digital version. But hey, oh, what, yeah. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Because um, like the on Vita, the, like Peace Walker holds up, and because you can. Like we've said before about you know controlling cameras and stuff like that in first person shooters, because you can map that to the second analog stick, like it, it's much easier to control. Um, I'm concerned for the Peace Walker I've just picked up. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll be fine because like it's easier to control, but at the same time the controls are clearly calibrated for mm. using face buttons, so like it's very easy to kind of overshoot what you're doing. Yeah, um, but anyway, I, I digress because it's technically not part of this collection. So <laughs> hey ho, um, but you know, go buy it. Um, <laughs> um, but for um, 
Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, the, the biggest or the closest things to issues I had really were occasionally with the um, some of the cutscenes in the, the PS2 versions, they would put on like a really, really heavy-handed motion blur and stuff okay. like that, which because of the way they've treated the graphics, it, it's really jarring mm. <laughs> and like almost like difficult to watch sometimes when oh. the motion blur kicks in um, on the Vita. Um, you know, not impossible, but <clears throat> it's like with the benefit of, I think my save file for one of them reckoned the last time I played it was maybe 2018. Um, so right. call it five years at least of, yeah. you know, hindsight. Um, and yeah, it, it does sit a bit weird. Um, but the biggest sort of snag I had, again, as is so often the case with these things, is the controls mm. and the the way the Vita's set up. So, like, for the, the combinations of buttons they have and what's mapped where, it's as good as it was ever going to be, yeah. right? Um, but the little control sort of stick nubbins, they're a bit twitchy and they, like, they, they, it feels like you need more real estate to kind of control mm. it carefully and especially if you're talking the distant the difference between pushing the stick a certain amount to walk and run and yeah. stuff like that you know it's it can be a little tricky to dial that in mm. um and like the the rear touchpad um controls a lot of your first person like leaning and sort of getting up on tiptoes and stuff like that okay which in itself like you don't really use it terribly often but i did more than once get caught by a guard because i was accidentally leaning and stuff like uh, that yeah 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 um which is not ideal isn't it quite famously that um with metal gear i can't remember is it metal gear 3 where you do you apply a certain amount of pressure to a button when you're is it in when you're in first person mode when you're shooting a gun it's like whether it holds yeah, the gun yeah you can then... like lower it or or actually yeah. fire yeah there's none of that um, like I was accidentally shooting constantly because that was muscle memory for me. It yeah. was like trying to ease up the button um, to to lower um, the weapon. And yeah, no, it, it just shot all, all the shot. time. Um, so yeah, I guess you have to like unequip it and stuff like tactical that. stealth espionage. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but like for a lot of the stuff, uh, inventory management, scrolling through things, using the touch screen, and even the like the healing mechanic they've got him. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, mm. uh, it all works fine. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it's ultimately though, it's the same old games. Mm. And I mean, sure, the, the form factor of the Vita is a little a little cramped. So, you know, if you're sitting in for a long session, uh, as you are probably likely to do with these <clears throat> sorts of games, uh, it can get a little bit um, tiresome on the old hands. Yeah. Um, same as squinting at the screen for, you know, 40-minute cutscenes or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, lots of fun memories come flooding back and all that kind of stuff. It's an easy 8 out of 10 for mm. me. Um, personally, if they'd have included the Peace Walkers, even if it was just, like, a download code or something like that at retail, I mean, they may well have done, um, yeah. and I can't remember, but, um, you know, that, that would easily be a 9. Um, maybe even going up towards a 10? Kind of area, maybe, maybe. Really? Yeah, like wow. it. For I it think sounds for, like you're not happy with the. No, I'm. Believe me, the, the only reason that I'm <clears throat> nitpicking the control so much is because it is basically the only issue okay. I, I had with it, really. Mm. Um, and like the games themselves are like Metal Gear Solid Three, especially, it is a personal favorite of mine. Um, so yeah, like they're they're the same old things. Mm. That's a car alarm outside. That's I haven't alerted a guard. Um, 
that guard's broken. That's the same guard <laughs> repeating every three yeah. seconds. Um, but uh, yeah, like they're they're great games. They still are, mm. um, and it is just a case of whether or not you'd be willing to put up with the the cramp controls when you know damn well that say the Xbox or the PS3. Which, by the way, if you've got a PS3, you can cross-save and stuff like that. So if you've double-dipped for whatever reason, at least you can carry your save over. Yeah, that's um, cool. Which is kind of handy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the home console versions would ultimately trump it. But mm. it's still, you know, solid. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's still gear. What? No. <laughs> so, in terms of those two... Games. Let's take a little sidestep here into thinking about playing Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, and then generally Metal Gear Solid games before I kind of dip into any sort of reviews of mine. The mainline Metal Gear Solid games, so we're talking 1 through 5. Yeah. Um, we'll get to sort of piecework. Piece work. Oh, we can, piecework. We can, piecework. <laughs> <laughs> If only Snake was more of a piece worker. I mean, I suppose he, he might argue he might be. Yeah, exactly. You know, big boss. Oh, it gets so confusing. Um, so let's talk about... Okay, let's include them then. So Peace Walker and Portable Ops, because they feel like mainline games. Oh, they, plops. They do, plops. <laughs> Cod blops. Cod blops, clang, clang, props. Metal Gear plops. Metal Gear plops. And so let's include them. Which game? So not, you know, what the... Which one is the best for you? Because, well, you can say that too. I mean, I, I probably guess it, to be honest. And from previous comments from me on the pod, you probably guess what mine was as well. But um, what, which one would you say you've had the most fun with? So, Ooh. because we talk about the zaniness of... <laughs> it's, stop that alarm. it's the fun alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, because we talk about Metal Gear Solid, but it is quite, a, I guess... It could be it, heavy going. It's it's heavy going yeah. and has a serious core subject generally. You were well, nearly always, I think, is it always? There's always a nuclear warhead about to go off and on a giant me- mechanic. Do you know what I mean? Like a me- Something bad is about to happen. Exactly. Um, but then you kind of have crazy ass moments as well where it's sort of like, you know, you get like the weird shaver monkey popping up and, you know, being, you know, <laughs> and, like, and sort of you just get general, what I guess, Almost like a bit of a circus around it in a way. That yeah, is in, and yeah. Circus is a good word for it. And it doesn't, but it doesn't even look at itself. Almost like you know, or I'm, I am having fun, but I'm also on the middle of a load screen in Metal Gear Four, telling you not to to put your like cigarette butt in the bin and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like you know, you're like, what are you talking about? It, it's like, almost like it's having fun, but it hates itself for doing. Yeah, it. it's so weird and just like so. Which of those games do you consider like? in your opinion, to be the most fun out of all those, like, you know. Oh, okay. I just thought it'd be a different type of question rather than saying what is the best. You can say which Uh, one's the best. It's a good one. Um, And I'm kind of, kind of going to answer you. Um, So, (laughs) I... As we always do. In in terms of, like, pure gameplay and, like, getting in and just mucking about and doing stuff, Mm. I really like Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. You can see a but on this from space. Um, so, but... Just like Snake can see Meryl. Like, <laughs> I knew you were going to... Well, just like, it's a thing. Yeah, it is it's a thing. thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, so, the, the thing with Metal Gear Solid Five is, like, I find the gameplay really, really fun, but for, like, 
story and all that like extra stuff that will drag you through it mm. i it's quite a long way down my personal list okay right um i don't get me wrong like Kiefer sutherland did a, a good job he is a good actor and all that kind of well, occasionally a good actor <laughs> um but like compared to david hater and like proper snake voice yeah um it, it's just not the same and um the the story feels unfinished you can tell that it was you know um sort of stuck between being rushed and taking forever somehow yeah you know you, you kind of play it and you get the impression that it was taking you know years and years and years and years and then someone tapped the developers on the shoulder and were like you should probably finish this in the next fortnight and they're like oh fuck <laughs> um and I, I think it suffers for it mm. if it, it doesn't feel like it's quite complete it doesn't feel like it's quite we'll come on to that in more to. detail uh, so yeah just yeah. later on yeah um <clears throat> the best one i think overall is um metal gear solid 3 mm-hmm. um metal gear solid was the first one i played and have a lot of fond memories of it but i think it's aged badly i think it's yeah. quite difficult to play nowadays um but this is why i've got such a soft spot for peace walker because I, I played portable ops quite a lot when I had my PSP and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think between Metal Gear Solid 5 and Metal Gear Solid 3, you've got Peace Walker yeah. sat there quite happily, almost squarely between the two. It really is, isn't it, in terms of yeah. the, the, the gameplay and the mechanics of the gameplay, having yeah. your your home bases and things. Yeah, you can you can <coughs> nip in, you can play it for two hours or, or 20 minutes, mm. and you'll still get something out of it. It's got David Hayter in it. It's got that really cool like graphic novel art style um, that's kind of doing its own thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot to like. So if, overall, um, as a sort of good balance between fun and just the bits of Metal Gear Solid that I really like, mm. Peace Walker's definitely, definitely up there. All right, okay, cool, awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, mm. Good podcasting. I was too, uh, too busy drinking <laughs> my, um, okay. yeah. my ice cream flavoured beverage. Let's stop here. What is happening in my beer, Rich? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Do you... Right, okay. So remember, guys, vanilla, raspberry, and chocolate flavoured in an ice cream pale ale. So I'm going to have a quaff. Yeah. And then... So I definitely get raspberry, and mm-hmm. I definitely get chocolate afterwards, which is weird because it doesn't feel anything in the same texture as a chocolate temptation we just had from Vocation. So I'm getting the flavours. I'm getting two flavours. I don't really get the vanilla, but... That's funny you mention that. Because you get all the vanilla. <laughs> I, I get the vanilla. I oh, don't really okay. get much chocolate. I get the kind of the kind of creaminess on it and like a slightly tangy aftertaste, which I think is the tail end of the raspberry, mm, yeah. maybe. Um, I've never like had to rotate a beer around in my mouth to get a flavour, but I've just done it, like, you know, like you should like do. Like a pro. Like a wine man. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, that was yeah. I don't know. I'm all right with it. I mean, I, I'm oh, I'm yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I do feel like I'm drinking something that I shouldn't be drinking. Like, is it like <laughs> I feel like you know? I feel like it's a bit naughty, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely not like melted ice cream and flake and sauce. Like, is it? Like... Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure about that one. I can oh. see what they were going for. Mm. Where was I? Anyway, um, so fun Metal Gear. Yes, yeah. I, I think I agree with you in so much that I'll probably stay the course a little bit more on Metal Gear Five, like for playing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I understand that it's not quite the most... Well, it's not a, a purist's Metal Gear Solid. But uh, for that pick up and play and you can go and do any mission anytime mm. and I know it's an open world situation and how faddy are open worlds they just become the thing now where it's almost it's like the default isn't it? yeah it's almost yeah. like oh if you say something is open world now it's like oh well I'll pay 65 pounds for it then and it's just like you, you know, go outside and have yeah. the same experience yeah, no. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> VR um, but it just yeah I mean at the same time though being able to kind of dip into different towns and mm. do different missions and almost even sometimes you might not even be going there for a mission or you might be going for a side quest and the way the environment and the characters interact with you being around and the, all the different ways that you could do that and have you, know, you could use your dog or you can use a little mech or you know you can get around vehicles and things it just feels like there's a lot of um a lot of possibilities it's not a toy the, box yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. and and um, and that's what makes it the most fun Metal Gear for me. Yeah. Um, definitely not. I agree with you. The best Metal Gear Solid, but that is three and will be, you know, time and <laughs> memoriam. But in terms of um, how much fun it is, uh, yeah, I think Metal Gear Solid Five kind of gets a bit of a a bad rep almost from people. It's kind of it kind of gets middling reviews and people are a bit like me. You know, it's you know, it's it's really good Metal Gear Solid, but it's something different and it's not quite as you know polished as it should be like you said it was maybe rushed and um but yeah I, I definitely think that for you know bits of fun and I remember at the time I was really lucky that I'd ordered it off I think it was Amazon and it was a bank holiday here in the UK and it and usually when a bank holiday it was released on a bank holiday Monday and usually when that happens, it might be a little bit late. Mm. They accidentally sent it to me on the Friday, like early, Ooh. three days earlier than anybody else that had Metal <laughs> Gear Solid Five, And I felt fantastic. <laughs> and I think there's a, even, a, in fact, I'll, probably, I'll, pick, I'll try and get the picture out so I can put it on our socials of me sat in a box like Solid Snake <laughs> for the excitement that I was feeling for that game coming that day. Um, yeah, so, you know... I, I've always had that little bit of um, extra kick, sort of feeling fun and funky about that game because of that. And almost, it's like, you know, that feeling, I remember thinking, oh my days, I've got something so precious to me, a Metal Gear Solid game on a next generation console, and it's here early. I shouldn't have this contraband. <laughs> and yeah, so you kind of, and that kind of ebbed and flowed all the way through when I played that game. So nice. it's not that's nice. a little game. Uh, yeah, a little game, a little question. You got any little questions at the moment before I kind of head into Metal Gear Acid, or you know, uh, we're going to keep those for well, a little later? Or I, it would be kind of fun to do favourite bits and bobs. Um, okay. I know we, we toyed with it, but it's whether or not you wanted to do it. Now we wanted to go at the end. Should we do that at the end? Should we, should we round off with that? Uh, yeah. Cool. So let's talk about Metal Gear Acid. So, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yep, choked on the concept of Metal Gear Acid. So, Metal Gear Acid reflux. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a strange old concept, Metal Gear Acid. Uh, I, I kind of really miss it. And yeah. I don't know you, if I should. Yeah. Well, let me try and help. Please. Please see if... Well, I enjoy um, this revel. Yeah, I think I've left you with the raisins. Oh, yeah. Inadvertently. I didn't mean to. It's just, you know, they're so shapely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just know what's going to happen. Bad times. Although you might stumble into a toffee or a coffee in there, maybe. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So... Yeah, I it was a launch title on the PSP, which for me, very interesting that's the case because you would think that 
Konami and Sony would have thought we want to get a normal Metal Gear Solid out on the PSP as soon as possible to really boost those sales. Mm. To have a card-based strategy Metal Gear Solid be your first port of call made me feel like Konami were like sort of a bit shocked that the PSP had happened or like almost <laughs> like they were like, uh, so how do we even make Metal Gear Solid work on one of these portable sort of like yeah, devices? It sort of feel like they needed a bit of extra time or something. They were the ones with the guards exclamation mark above their head. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> like Kojima was like, Bring! just sort of like in his office, just sort of like, you know, and then Sony dropped on his desk, just like, you know, develop a Metal Gear Solid between two and three uh, for, for this portable device, please. It's just like, it's like oh no. Two and three p.m. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you know, it is Japan, you'd expect that efficiency, where it was like, you've got six hours to develop this game, go. <laughs> well, I've got this story kicking around. Um, so yeah, it did feel like they were really plugging a gap with it, but it was, it was good that they launched with something with Metal Gear. And it, this was, again, one of those games that I remember picking up that very first day when I got my PSP, I think I got Ridge Racer and I got this. I went to Virgin Mega Stores with my vouchers, my big old massive Virgin Mega Store <laughs> vouchers that were like the size of like you know, like, they, they, they were they were like they were like the golden ticket for Willy Wonka, and it really felt like you know it was like oh this is bigger than money, so therefore it must be worth a lot of money. I remember going there and getting them. And going for a deep pan pizza afterwards. Have I mentioned this on the pod before? I feel like maybe I have. Mm, possibly when you were um, doing the the PSP trip down memory lane. Yeah, maybe. One, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, um, and yeah, going with my girlfriend and just sitting there in the restaurant, like you sort of, you know, and my girlfriend at the times that we sat there and you know they want your attention and you're sat there looking at your new PSP <laughs> slash metal. And I just specifically remember having like Tiger Woods, Metal Gear. And Ridge Racer kind of like lined up on the table beside my pizza. I love you. Yeah. What? <laughs> Nothing. Did you say you love me? No, no. not you. <laughs> no, 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 the device. Um, anyway, so yeah, that brought up all. Two of us are going to be together in 50 years' time. Guess which ones? <laughs> well, we broke up and then there was a thing, but then we got back together. So, you know. Like, it's PSP, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, most most definitely. Um, so we're talking about um, yeah the, those feelings of having a Metal Gear at launch and thinking, and then you kind of go, "This isn't Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it is, but it's not Metal Gear." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it just um, yeah. It, th- th- let's talk about what is like Metal Gear then. So the uh, all the trimmings. You are Solid Snake, and you are going to infiltrate a facility to stop a nuclear device from going off. But there's also, um, or at least they're threatening the world with nukes. But actually, there's a little bit of backstory going on where there's a US senator who is running to be president. He's stuck on an airplane where the pilots have been killed by two marionette dolls that are floating around on the airplane, uh, and they've all been gassed whilst also being instructed via a, a colonel type, of course, mm-hmm. a, a Brit this time, and um, also a psychic called Alice is helping you out as well. Um, you know, this is really, you know, dense stuff, uh, Metal Gear <laughs> lore, if you will. At one point in the game, maybe about eight hours in, 
Snake starts to think that he is another person called Han Davies, I think he's called. Um, <laughs> that you are kind of running into a guy called Gary Murray, which is, you know... <laughs> Gary! <laughs> no, Gary Murray! But he turns out to be the big villain of the piece, Dr. Fleming. I mean, I know that's a bit of a spoiler, but it's not really. Like, as in, you know, don't, you know, it, that won't ruin a game for you. He's like, the only like, other named character. Yeah, in the whole exactly. Thing. He's like, oh, I wonder where Dr. Fleming is. I saw him go that way. And you're like, you're Dr. Fleming, aren't you, mate? Are you, Gary? <laughs> yeah, no, cool. You know, he said, only Dr. Fleming would come up with a shit name called Gary Murray to cover himself. Gary Murray. Does he always but, insist on you using both first and pretty, second Yeah, names? pretty much, yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. Dick. And it's just like... <laughs> but then you also, like, just Snake sort of, like, just his, his mental breakdown of almost becoming this other person that he's, like, he gets told he works at the facility or did work at the facility, but then you find out that isn't the case at all. And you're like... I don't get it. And this game is framed at the, kind of at the end of the Metal Gear Solid saga, almost, I think. I think it's meant to be like, you know, weirdly in a different universe. Like, uh, I think if Snake didn't have Fox die and was still in retirement and then kind of came out of retirement after Metal Gear Solid 1 again, after the Shadow Moses incident, really weird. Um, right. I mean, you know, that's only a little bit of the weirdness. <laughs> but, but Snake is almost, and I feel like in, in every game, and they did a really good job, and David Hayes does a really good job of... I mean, he must get really bored of asking the same sort of questions of... <laughs> Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that question. But also just, like, you know, asking how things work, or, like, you know, like, as in... Oh, God, the amount of hours <laughs> of my life I've listened to repeated lines of dialogue. <laughs> he, he, Snake... Repeated lines of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Snake gets mansplained to so many times by everybody. Mansplained? <laughs> just like... It's like, and it's the same with this game as well. Even more so because there's a different mechanic. Like it's not just like you know, oh snake, go take. You have to do the mansplaining. Yeah, no, it's just the same. But like the colonel's sort of like you know, snake, you've got to move like four squares. Like as in, and, you, and then you count your cost on your cards. Snake's just on the code going. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, but it's gloriously meta though, isn't it? Because it is. like Metal Gear Solid 3 when I was doing the tutorial, it was like, remember to push the square button to yeah, do this. Like, yeah, no, the square button. They just don't give a shit, do they? Like yeah, there's, that oh, bit yeah, yeah. Of, there's that bit in Metal Gear Solid 4 where um like uh, Otacon is saying, Oh, we're on a Blu-ray disc, so you don't have to change the yeah. disc. And it's like what a, what a weird thing to do. It's almost like, oh, look, we're the PS3 and we've got Blu-ray. Like, is it, you know, like, is it like Sony line our pockets? Like, is it just so weird? Like, So, yeah, they, they are very meta and fourth wall breaking. But then also just so, like, I just feel for Snake. I just feel like, is he just like... like he, must, he goes through a lot. Because he's just like, is he a genius or is he a doofus? Like, is, it, is, he, is, it, like, is he an... Is he? Oh, that's a good question. On some sort of spectrum, like I mean, like you know, and that's why he's having this breakdown with Han Davies in this game. I don't know if it's just got to the point where he's like, I'd rather be someone else now. Like, I tell you what, though, like it, it does for for all of us chatting shit about the the plot of Metal Gear Solid Five. Weirdly, that's sounding more in line with Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, than, exactly. Than else. I wonder if they were deliberately riffing on it. Yeah, and and it is it is weird that you kind of get like a second game you know i guess what within 10 years prior mm-hmm. that has done has already done the am i really snake am i not snake situation yeah, metal gear solid yeah. 5 um kind of does it a, a, 
a little bit better. This is very clunky in how it does it. It's just weird. It's all resolved within the story, like as in, and it's like it just it didn't need to even exist as a as a as a thing. Right. right. But there's all these sort of psychic mediums and things, and you obviously you know the, there's I guess a rich history in Metal Gear Solid Five and also Metal Gear Solid One. Psychomantis, and it's just like there's always been that kind of like telekinesis thing where it's just made it n- not a straight through and through shooter, uh, you know. Like, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and it's really weird. That, and what I love about Mega Solid almost is that, like you said right back at the start, is that you you get this basic grounded game that anyone can kind of relate to in so much that you get this. Well, I say anyone, you get this really good concept of a third-person shooter mixed with this challenge of stealth, tactical... Tactical espionage. Yeah, exactly. But then on top of it, you just get this layer of... They always have to introduce... Tactical espionage bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They stealthily... That's your episode title. (laughs) Not so stealthily, just lump random bollocks on top of it. And it's just like... And it's like... And that's what makes it a video game, almost. And it's weird. You kind of pine to want that in there, but you're also like, this is just so much... You know, like Bullshit. it's like this beer. It's just like it's just like why have you put so many things in here? There's so many, there's so much stuff going on. But I mm. think I want it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a terrifyingly good analogy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the 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 concept of the card based strategy game. Then, so you use a card, and you can either, so you can either use a card to move basically, and that costs you. But the cost is really just time. And if you are near an enemy, then they get timed movements as well. Uh, so time means nothing. <laughs> time means nothing. Where's that song from? I After Hours by We Are Scientists. Great song. <laughs> uh, it means nothing if you're near no other enemies. Right. So you could do as many things as you would like within an area if the enemies aren't within your, I guess, zone of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as you kind of get towards that zone of movement then you then start having an effect on them and then vice versa on you in terms of how much time you use. So an example would be you learn a, f- a facility and in down a corridor there will be an enemy and you'll be stood at the start of this corridor, he can't see you, say you're around a corner and you'd say, right, I am going to use... And it only gives you a certain amount of cost that you can use and it's usually two moves basically. So... I'll say I move towards an enemy. I'll use four squares to move towards an enemy. And say this enemy is six squares away initially. I would then have to use another move to either shoot the enemy, if I've got the card to be able to do so, like a SOCOM card or a FAMAS card. Um, And then that could do damage to that enemy, and it could kill that enemy. Um, I could throw a stun grenade at them, but that takes time to go off, which is annoying because you're like, oh, you know, I want to... (laughs) I want to sedate this enemy now. (laughs) But he's turned around and he's used his move and shot me. And I'm just like, you know, and he's moved out the square where the stun grenade went. And grenades feel like the the least useful thing in this card-based game because it's almost they always have a time limit on them. And you're like, well, I threw that grenade two moves ago and now it's now not doing anything to anybody within that area because they've used their moves to move away from the grenade. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, so annoying. Like, um... And so then I'd move, and I'm like, oh, you could move right beside that enemy and punch them, but it would do a limited amount of damage, and it probably wouldn't knock them out or kill them. Mm. So therefore, the enemy would just be like, oh, I'm going to alert 
my my peers. I guess they're all peers. <laughs> <laughs> colleagues, <laughs> colleagues. <laughs> Casual acquaintances. Over here. Alert, alert. And like Note to self, Renaissance gear solid. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen, internet. <laughs> it's like it's really strange because it just feels like I just don't know how to complete this game. So I'd say just to completely, you know, reveal Magnifico as one of my favourite podcasts around the NFL, um, around the league. Um, they always say, you know, a peek behind the kimono. You know, peek behind the curtain. Like I've played, I've played about ten hours this game, and it's like twenty two hours to complete it. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't get right to the end, and I looked up the end of the story and things, and I remember not doing it when I first had the game either. And because it's very, um, I'd say, very repetitive, mm-hmm. uh, and also I never quite got to grips with how I cleared an area by using the concept of the cards and also the strategy without really getting alerted, it's meant to be a stealth game. And I'd say even from the second area onwards, you pretty much have to combat most enemies right. because there's no way of kind of getting around them. Like, So you have to get them to move or get them to interact with the environment. You have to move. So it's almost like so. Like if I do nothing and end a turn right at the start, nothing will happen. So it's like, right, well, I've got to move. And then you'll have a look and... You can zoom out of the view of where you are and have a look around and then you look and you go, oh, right, okay, I can see where I'm meant to go. Here's the path. Here's, you know, two doors here and then I could maybe crawl into this duct here. But I have to go past this enemy. So therefore I have to kill them or sneak past them or knock them out or whatever. And it's almost like you can knock on the walls, mm. um, which then just brings the enemy to you, and then they'll see you. Like it's not like you know you can't like it's not like Metal Gear Solid. Like I'll knock on the wall and come around the corner, and I'll knock him out there quickly, and it'll, that's great. It's like it literally will be like your end, your your goal will end. You'll just turn around the corner, and go bring, and you're like, oh, there's an enemy right in front of me. Like it's just it's like it doesn't make any sense. So you have to almost alert the enemy to be able to move through the levels, which then just makes it into super a, hot. Yeah, 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 a card version of Superhot it is is, yeah yeah a really terrible version of Superhot and it's like alerting an enemy brings more enemies into that area and that makes it extremely difficult they give you a large amount of life from the start of the the game and you can see why that is the case Uh, because it's almost like you know that you are going to get into combat I kind of went in with the mindset of it's Metal Gear Solid I shouldn't get seen after about three or four goes of trying to do the same sort of level, I was like, "No, it's clear that I just <laughs> have to, seen. yeah, I just have to fuck some people up with like some C4s and stuff." <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just it didn't make any sense to me as a right. Here we go. This is a strategy game, and then it just becomes a once you kind of get seen once, the strategy kind of goes out the window, and it's just like, how can I get out of this room without dying? Basically, mm. by moving around like a chess piece whilst others are running around and doing the same thing. Um, so that felt like the difficulty spike, That almost like that's what it was. Like There was all sort of realistic things. Like So it would be on high alert, there'd be like three or four enemies chasing me, and I'm just trying to get through this level. I'd get to this next door, and you get to the end of the level. Um, the alert would just go, people didn't follow you. That is in like, it's literally, <laughs> like, it'd say caution, like it doesn't Metal Gear Solid, but it was like, all oh, right, I've just lost like five enemies behind me. Um, and it, so it was basically just a race against time to get out of this room without me dying. Um, so that was just completely ridiculous and unrealistic. Nothing like the mainline games where you'd probably, you know, and one of the lovely things about even from 
from the first game is that you, if you'd had an enemy chasing you, sometimes you'd be able to run through a door to a certain area and you'd be able to lose that enemy by doing that. Like certainly in Metal Gear Solid 1, I remember that. But Metal Gear Solid 2, it was more of a, especially on like the big shell, more of a combined environment. Mm-hmm. When you run around in the rooms, the enemies would then come and find you and follow you around and they wouldn't leave you alone. You'd have to hide in the locker or, you know, go, like you'd have to knock them out or whatever. Like it was a very clever game in that fact this isn't like that at all um so yeah i mean like i say the all the trimmings really metal gear solid friendly um graphics are very good full of time you know it it's very good ps2 start of ps3 era graphics um you know it, all the sound effects are wonderful the music's great the mood's really good you feel like you're in a metal gear solid game and that is not a problem at all it's just <laughs> mostly the the idea of this term based system where i found it very interesting and intriguing and i was like i really want this to be good mm-hmm. it just isn't like another couple of examples would be if you've only got two moves uh and say you were f- four spaces away from a door so you'd move your four spaces and then you'd get to a door and rather than stepping through that door um oh say you were one space away from a door even and you had a but you you were able to move four spaces you'd have to use your move to get that one space to the door then use another move to get through that door rather than use the four spaces to go three spaces through the door so it was like just doubling your amount of time and also you'd lose a move and you couldn't really see what was going on through that door until you got close enough. So sometimes you step to a door, step through the door, but like, oh, there's a guard on the other side, and you've just used both moves, and they've yeah. just seen you, and you're like, what now? Like, in, you know, it just didn't make any sense. It was like that's not user friendly at all or fun. Like it's just very hard. Feels a bit proof of concepty. Mm. Um, you know, like I'd be curious to hear if they ironed it out in the the sequel or anything like that. Well, we'll find out, won't yeah, we? Because yeah. I've just bought it <laughs> by by default. Um, but yeah, like. The actual, the um, the cards themselves are cool. The packs are cool. So you can only carry 30 cards at a time. You can't carry more than certain ones. But some of the effects you get, so you get like a Grey Fox card that you could use. So if you went um, four steps towards an enemy and you stood beside an enemy and it was your second go and the enemy didn't know you were there, then you could use use your card, a Grey Fox card, and then it would come up with a little... Um, a little sort of FMV of Grey Fox from the first game, nice. and and then and then you you know use it, whip out a sword and you like cut this enemy in half or something like that. It's it's, you know, it's kind of cool, like yeah, yeah, good um, throwbacks. Yeah, and like you get a Meryl card and stuff, and as you and you get a Metal Gear Solid one pack and a Metal Gear Solid two pack, and you know there's different things in there. You know, like using the SOCOM and sort of seeing the animation using the SOCOM and then using the FAMAS and things and chaff grenades. It just, it feels very great to be in that world and the, the cards are really well done. It's just the movement. Uh, another example of a bad movement was, um, I think it was like really quite early on where it was I was in the armory and I'd dealt with a, a lot of guards on the bottom floor. I went upstairs to get the C4 that I needed to blow through a wall. I came back downstairs and there's no guards left no one had entered the area there was just a camera to walk past i had to use 10 user-based turns to get to the door to leave nothing happened in that time i just had to keep on use use turn move four spaces use turn use a card four spaces use a card four spaces it just didn't seem to think out that you know and and because there was no one else around there was no 
he didn't swap to someone else's turn. So it was just like, just it was like a waste of my life just getting out of this room, basically. That is in just very slowly. I'm just like, jog the fuck on, snake. That is in, you know, like do that thing where you do the high knees up the stairs with your hands together. Like, is in, no, no, I'm just going to go four spaces, stop. And it's just like, it just felt just so not thought out. Um, yeah, so I feel really undecided about this game in terms of how much I enjoyed it. Um, I think that, the, like I've said a few times, the the surroundings, how you feel about it being like a Metal Gear Solid world, and also the idea of uh, the the card game um, was great. I just feel almost like, like you said, it was almost proof of concept, half baked. Really, didn't gel when you came to the actual gameplay of moving around using that concept of the cards yeah, uh, yeah and and it wasn't enough for me to be thinking and this and the story is just a typical metal gear story and what i mean by that is just batshit crazy <laughs> so i was interested a little bit in the story but it was so slow between levels you know that the, i think that the fifth level is you've got to get through a minefield and so you're crawling around but you're crawling around using this space sort of based system yeah. and then a guard saw me so there was like five guards and the only the only cover for me was under like under a lorry and I'm lying down trying to escape out of this minefield so I have to stay lying down because you have to crawl over the mines like you do in Metal Gear Solid to make sure it doesn't go off and it's just like there was just no joy in that I was just stuck I was just stuck and I was like you know, you're trying to make it, this is a stealthy area, but you're making it fairly impossible for me to be able to get out of here. <laughs> and you couldn't, the you couldn't, because the way it was, try, as this is what I was trying to explain before, really, is that the guards don't move until you make your move. Mm. So you've wasted two goes, and you're probably in a guard's view by the time that guard's moving around. Yeah, like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it wasn't as if like the guard was following any set path of moving to and, to and fro, where you could be like, right now I make my move and I go past him when he doesn't see me. Um, so yeah, it just it was really clunky. It is it is really clunky. So whilst you're saying that you feel like you want to remember it fondly, I would ward away. <laughs> urge caution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably urge caution just after an alert. Um, you know, <laughs> have that caution mode um, because. I do think that if you spent the entire time with the game and got into it and completed it and things, you would feel some sort of sense of achievement that you've done something. Mm. I just don't know what that thing would be. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I feel like I'd be building, like, you know, on a pottery sort of wheel, like, and just like, oh, yeah, I'm doing something, I'm doing something here, but you look at it and it's a fucked vase. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, like, that no one needs. So, yeah, um, I'm going to give mine... I've I've brought it down and since I've been talking about it, probably a four out of ten. I think a four Whoa. out of ten. And it had middling reviews at the time, sevens and eights, and but I think that people were being very kind to it in terms of um <clears throat> thinking about it being that Metal Gear Solid world and, and oh isn't this like a new kooky way of doing this? But it it was difficult. And yeah. it was made difficult just by the gameplay not being very accessible. I wonder if they were perhaps kind to it and then Portable Ops showed up and, and Peace Walker later. Yeah. It's like, here's what you could have had. Yeah, and that's what it felt like, yeah. you know. So, um, should we take a quick break and come back and talk yeah, some yeah. best personal... Best bits. Yeah, Metal Gear moments. Cool. cool. All right, back in a minute, guys. Dun, 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 dun. 
Snake! Okay, cool. So we're back for the second half or second part of this uh, Metal Gear sort of. We, we talked about this, how we're probably going to do like a few Metal Gear podcasts. Probably. It'll pop up again. Yeah, it will. It'll pod up again. Hey. And uh, yeah, so but we, you know, we're going to want to talk about our best bits. So, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that we steer away from everyone else's best bits or anything, but I certainly had a couple of things in my head that I was like, well, actually, these are the mo- some of the moments that of the franchise that I enjoyed the most. Um, and, you, you know, it might not be something you'd think of necessarily as being the, the things that everyone else talks about as well. So, mm. oh, they can be. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> just, like, just make your own choices. Rich, you're up. Give me, give me a best Metal Gear Solid moment, please. Um, do you want all of them, or do you just want one? Let's go. Let's go one, one on one, 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 one on one, one, one. one. Let's do it. Uh, right. So you just saying about you know bits that people haven't spoken about and haven't spoken about. Um, first up for me, the Psycho Mantis fight. Okay. Um, in the first Metal Gear Solid, um, it, I mean it's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Um, you know the whole I'm reading your mind and then you just switch control ports like I've no idea where you are <laughs> um, I was the right age for playing something like that for it to really like get its claws into me uh, and get my 33, imagination 34 yeah last week <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah like it, it really left an impression um, and, and that was the kind of moment where it was like oh shit like I know it's trying I know this game wants to be a film, but ultimately this is the kind of thing that makes it a game, yeah. not a film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely left an impression. The practical side of that, and they also, I guess, sort of throw in with that then, is it the first time you're trying to speak to Meryl and you, her codec is on the back of the oh, game box? Oh, on the back of the box, yeah, all the little meta bits. And, and I think, I'm going to be honest, I, you know, um, my uncle, I played Metal Gear Solid at his house first on his PlayStation, Um and weirdly, when it first came out in 1997, so that would make me nine years old, I was not old enough to be able to work out how to get past the dock. I oh, came right. back to it like a year later, and I was like, uh, oh, I, I can do this now. Like, is it all, <laughs> I can do the entire game. It was really weird. It was almost like a sort of like that very first thing was just yeah. like trying to get hold of the mechanics. But anyway, um, yeah, I remember like using that. I was like, you know, it was back on, but my uncle, he he'd actually had a chipped playstation and didn't have the back of the box um and it was so lucky that i just happened to have a metal gear solid um walkthrough that i'd got from a magazine that um you know for maybe a playstation official magazine and that told me what's doing there but it's just like you know isn't like, without without the back of the box maybe that's that you know that's konami sort of saying don't you know bloody plagiarize our work this is where you've got to come to the so back of the box having to like manually go through all the frequencies and yeah. test every single one yeah, <laughs> yeah by point one, yeah. Point 0.1 uh so yeah that you know that that um outside of the box um <laughs> literally yeah thinking by them as a company and making the game brilliant idea yeah, yeah you know, it really drew you in so yeah great good one um so mine is one of the things that I've got that comes to mind is Act Three in Metal Gear Solid Four. Right. Do you know which act I'm referring to? Um, I can. I like. I've played it once, and mm. I played it a while ago now. Um, so the only bits I can really remember were when you were hiding next to a statue and broke its wang off. Ah, um, uh, don't remember that, but okay, yeah. yeah um, Poncing through the Middle East, and I think at one point. 
uh, everything was quite green. Wow. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great review. Um, so, Act 3, you are in Eastern Europe. Right. And you are sleuthing. You are in a trench coat as oh, a solid snake. Oh, I trench coat. And you are following a member of Big Mama's resistance. And basically... Because, you, of course. You're make, yeah, exactly. You're making your way towards Eva from Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh... And she is the guardian at that point, I think, of Big Boss's, in inverted commas, remains. And you're trying to find your way to that because um, Liquid Ocelot is trying to find his way to that too. And this part of the game, you are genuinely just... Batman-esque, you know, <laughs> sort of like following somebody through the streets to like, and you, there are parts where you, you, you've got some, you know, some enemies that you have to negate and navigate your way around. Um, but it, you are set up in this sort of, and I think at one point it doesn't, it says it's Eastern Europe, but they do definitely mention that the language is Czech. So you imagine you're in the streets of Prague it's misty, it's dark, you're wearing, I think you're wearing a hat, like I'm sure you wear a trilby or something like that as well, and you are actually just following this person to just drop that in the middle of a Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's just awesome, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. No one really ever mentions it, it was like a, as, a, as a thing, like, you know, like, it's almost like, you know, like, it's crazy just to do that, like, in, I, know, I know they they do crazy at every single turn. But just to kind of like have that concept of, mm. you know, you are Solid Snake and this is stealth action. The stealth action being your old snake and you're just wandering after a chap in the streets. That is in, you know, like, <laughs> it's in like, it's like, you know, Chinatown or something. It's great. So, yeah, I have a fond memory of that bit where I'm just like, wow, this is different. Oh, and and it, If only Konami had tried to make like a 1930s gumshoe kind of simulator. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it could have been great. Um, you know, it's very L.A. Noir yeah, at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, or insert better game than L.A. Noir, but you know, of that type. So, yeah, that that was mine, my nice. first one. I'm going to throw out there. Um, so my next one, um, going going back to Metal Gear Solid 3, um, obviously there's a bunch of really fun mechanics in it, you know, like the medicine and, and having to manage your food or, like, hunt occasionally and stuff like that. But you call what, them fun. Well, <laughs> the reason I say it is because the game feels like it thought of a lot of stuff. And I really, really like the sniper duel in it. But I really, really like the ways the game gives you to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can wait for him to just die of old age. So we're talking about the end, you the boss. Shoot him early, the end, yep. Um, you know, there, there's a bunch of ways that if you were clever or opportunistic, you could totally avoid that fight. Mm. Or you could just change the clock on the PS2 and, you know, avoid it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was one of those fights that. Did you ever as... do that? Did you ever, ever take that option? Uh, what reset Changing the clock? It. Yeah. No. No, I never did either. No. Um, I think like I um I shot him when he was you know really early on in the game where yeah. um you have a sniper rifle but it you, can, you it happen can to finish see him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that one time. That, I mean that um that's again just to include that as an option. Yeah, is wonderful. it's the fact that it all thought, the options yeah. thought to include it is is what got me. <clears throat> um and uh, yeah, like it's that kind of out, out of the box thinking, I guess. Yeah. Again and. And you could also, when you if you legitimately beat him, you could take ten minutes doing it, or you could take like four hours. Like, yeah. in, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, in, yeah, so it I would remember, be epic. yeah, I remember doing it both ways, not intentionally it being so long, but I remember, God, I just cannot beat this dude. Like, in, and he was barely moving, and I'm here crawling on my belly through, and it's like it's got like three different areas you can go into, three different areas of jungle. Yeah, and it's just like, in you can have all of the 
facets you need to beat him. But yeah, it just it is it. The, I mean, it's got to be one of the best boss fights ever, really. Like in any game, um, you know, just there's so many different ways that that can go. To have a game engine that thinks like that, it's audacious. Yeah, it really is like, <laughs> in the extreme. Yeah, um, um, and yeah, so got to got to give it credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I've got uh, my next one is, and it, I I said we were going to come back to this before. Is the end slash not the end of Metal Gear Solid Five? Oh yeah. In so much that, so this isn't one of my best bits, but almost like that the audacity sort of mm. you know wow like kind of moments is a. The Sahelanthropus yeah. fight, so basically the giant mech, uh, and I want to come back to this in a little uh, towards the end as well. But that that fight, like in terms of the the um, the sheer size of that compared to you when you're looking over yeah, your shoulder yeah. and you look at that and you think that 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 is just that game building towards that mech fight, um, and sometimes games don't land. Like their final fight, it can be sometimes not as good. I don't think Metal Gear Solid can possibly ever be held accountable of that. Um, I think that they do that every single time, possibly. Um, but certainly that fight there, that is in and the surroundings and the way that that fight unfolds, where you're kind of working your way down the mountain whilst you're also trying to break bits off this mech, and it's mm. not just a straightforward, you know, like you try and damage it as much as possible. You've got to hit certain targets on there. Whilst also being really aware of your surroundings and the attacks this this mech's throwing at you, where it's kind of throwing spikes up out the floor and things and stuff, I remember just thinking this is really built towards this very very well. And uh, and whilst it's not the most, um, it doesn't feel like the most emotionally sort of like I guess I'm not like oh I feel like I really have to win this. I'm not liquid versus snake fight hand on you know fist fights or things like that. It definitely feels like a, a good challenge where I'm kind of like, this feels like the crescendo of a franchise. Mm. Um, and I don't think necessarily a lot of people say that about it all the time. Um, and then you find out there's another like 20 missions to complete in this game. Like, in, <laughs> just like, you know, it's, it's like, oh, by the way, here's the rest of the game. The shock I had, and like I say, because obviously I had the game three days early. So actually, and I, I pedaled through that game because I was like, I just love this game. I got to the end of that game thinking there's 31 missions or whatever it is, 30 or 31. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, here's another mission. And then I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, is it just like a side quest? Because it actually it's quite easy. And it was like something like you have to pick up a CIA guy or something like that. It's quite a straightforward mission. And it's like, have another mission. Have another mission. These get a little bit harder. Have another mission. And you're like, wait a minute. There's like another 20 missions. And it's like, and it starts, to, and that's where you actually start to find out the true story of. Venom Snake, Venom Snake is Venom Snake. Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. it is Venom Snake, isn't it? That's where you start to find out his background, and also you start getting the Liquid Snake Child. Is it? Is, is that so li- it, is that Liquid Snake? The, the clone that would be, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, like, like, and he never quite spells that out for me, yeah, like, and I'm like, but like you just start getting in it, and then you start getting the home base you know the disease that's getting passed around when you know with the with the vocals and things and you get a bit more quiet and you just get loads more game and it is it's still batshit crazy and a bit weird and stuff but you just get it so much more fleshed out and you're like I just 
You know, like you just spoke about before, though, how it felt a bit rushed and it felt yeah. a bit weird. But clearly, they had all this in the canon, and they just kind of went the end, and then they went, "Oh, actually, oh, no, it's not the way." Yeah, but, I, but that's exactly the bit that for me felt rushed because that's them going, "Oh shit, we've got to link it back to the actual story because we can't do Metal Gear Solid Six. Yeah, you know that—that's what it felt like to me. It felt like in a perfect world, they either would have done, you know, where they did Ground Zeroes, and that was effectively the demo plus a bit. Mm. Um, Almost feels like they could have done like a Metal Gear Solid Five Part Two or mm. or a Metal Gear Solid Six to join those dots, but explore it a little bit more rather than. And so it, it felt why rushed. didn't it? I don't. Do you know what I mean? It just it didn't seems Kojima fall out with Konami and oh all, yes, and that's what it was, they wasn't had it? A lot yeah, who has and rights got wrangled and yeah. Um, then you end up with gosh, that's so yeah. upsetting, isn't it? Right at the end, just to think that you just you know. But just I, stay I, together for the kids. But the thing with that is that I could totally imagine that Kojima might have had an idea or several for what he could do with the story, and Konami were like, "No, no, you've got to wrap this up now." Yeah. Or, or you know, uh, you know, you start to get into that realms of auteur versus, yeah, uh, you know, commercial considerations. And I wonder <sighs> if, um, if it was a bit of a casualty of that, maybe. Mm. And. and- I, I get what you mean. You know, I, I do understand what you're saying. It feels like you know, it's it's, it's it is weird how it's bolted on, but the, certainly for me, I like that. I was like the shock factor of here's the rest of the game, and I was like, what? So, I was like, That's so cry- crazy, man. Tell you what, me. like I I appreciated the shock of it, but I enjoyed the horror of it, <laughs> and like how how dark it got. It is my problem is. I wanted an entire game of that. I wanted the dark Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I wanted the pitch black, the fucking Empire Strikes Back yeah. of Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Men, yeah, Metal Gear Solid, is. but it is Metal yeah, yeah. Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's what I wanted. That, okay. was, that was the link that yeah. I felt the whole story needed because it's such a crucial linchpin for the entire saga. If yeah. you like, it really feels like cramming it in after a big mech boss fight is somehow doing it a bit of a disservice. Okay, fair enough, yeah. I get you, I get you, yeah. I just feel like it's still there, but then, yeah. I, I, get, I get what you mean. Oh, something's better than nothing. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm not uh, not. It does get, that. It gets really sad, doesn't it? Like, yeah, of course it does. It almost feels like when you finish... I struggle. I, I did kind of try and go back to Metal Gear Solid 5 recently, and I struggle for two reasons. Almost that, as with any game, is that... You jump back in on a save and you're like, what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, you know, running around this little half mech. You're like, I can't remember the buttons. And then it's like three helicopters chasing you. Like, ah! And then, but then also, secondly, it did make me think, I was just like, towards the end of the game, I am staying for the story. Like, as in, whilst I was saying mm, it, was, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was fun for jumping around to different missions and things whilst I was building towards the story. Like, isn't it? If I jump back in for the fun now, I'm like, well... I, I'm not really having fun. I'm really sad that I'm this person that I don't think I am, <laughs> and my entire arm has been decimated by this disease. And it's just like you yeah, know, you can you like you're like, oh, I don't know. I feel pretty bad about it now. I shouldn't be just roaming around, just shooting shit up and should stuff. Should probably call my mum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I should call my mum. I played Mental Gear Solid. It really hurt inside deep. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, that was that was my next one. Next one. Um, so, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and the whole um, main character shenanigans that played, obviously, mm. is, well, uh, is well documented. Yeah. Um, and how you actually spend most of the game playing is Raiden rather than, than Snake. Um, one of my favourite bits across the, the Metal Gear 
Metal Gear Reverse. Um, <laughs> it is sort of Raiden's redemption and going from that whiny, um, you know, character to badass cyborg, cyborg. ninja yeah. who can carry swords with his toes and mm-hmm. gets an entire spin-off game made by Platinum. Uh, yeah. You know, top work, Raiden. Well done, son. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, what is it? Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and, and yeah. other made-up words. Fucking awesome game. <laughs> I was going to say, I've not played it. Uh, yeah, like, seek it out. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all I say. I, I wasn't, it's good. I was never a massive Devil May Cry kind of style guy. I was more like the Metal Gear Solid stealthy sort of thing. So I was like, I mean, I probably would be more so now than I was then, I think, really. So maybe, maybe I will. I, in fact, when I say seek it out, I've got it on the Xbox oh, well, thing go. on the store. Yeah, I'm just like play give it. it a crack. Like so. you haven't lived until you've seen Raiden jumping between missiles that are in flight to carve up a mech. Like it's, it's pretty awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah, that does sound cool. And like you said, I, I think Metal Gear Solid Two gets maligned because of the Raiden thing too much. That isn't so. Like I know he's a whiny little bitch and he's not, and you're not playing Solid Snake and stuff. But like, I I quite like. Raiden's little sort of cartwheel flip thing that he does that is in, you know, like, and and just still playing Metal Gear Solid. Like, is in very much so mm. in so much that it's all, it's meant to be, like, the copy of the first game in the training mode, isn't it? Like, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, like, yeah. into a VR vers- version of that. Like, the way that you're going through it, like, when you play Metal Gear Solid, if you just went, I'm playing a Solid Snake, I'm playing a Solid Snake, I'm playing a Solid Snake, if you really convince yourself that much, <laughs> that is in, like, you know... the the way that you progress through that game, like it, it feels like a really good game to me. So it, I feel like sometimes it's just people like, well, he plays riding, and I'm like, well, yeah, no, I get that. But actually, the the gameplay is still very still good. good. Yeah, and, they and more fluid than MGS One, like yeah. you said nowadays. And, and you know, the first person mode and stuff like that, like it brought a lot to, mm. the, to the party mechanically. Um, but also, there's you know the the um, side missions where you can play a snake and and all that kind of stuff as well, and like. Mm-hmm. There are ways you can approach it. And I think, like, in terms of, you know, you, you take the entire franchise as a whole, and admittedly, obviously, at the time, you wouldn't have been able to look at it like this, but I think with the benefit of hindsight, you can. Mm. Um, and actually, you're not playing as him for very long. No, um, yeah, not really. And, yeah. and he has a role to play well, in that bigger story. So No one ever yeah. bitches and moans that you're not playing as Solid Snake for apart from in Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 4 and part of Metal Gear 2. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah, it's exactly. like, you know, just because he's the main protagonist in the first game, but actually, as, obviously the game's, you know, pre- prior to that, it's almost like, you know, you, you, you're not playing for Snake the entire time either. Like, mm-hmm. he's in Solid Snake even, sorry. So, it's like, don't bitch and moan about it too much. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Metal Gear Solid 2 and, and, and also Metal Gear Solid 3 and also Metal Gear Solid 5, um, the, so my three next best bits uh, are pre-missions. So, okay. we're talking the Tanker mission, yeah. Virtuous mission in Metal Gear Solid 3, yeah. and Ground Zeroes in Metal Gear Solid 5. Nice. Three solid two to three hour games in themselves Yeah. yeah. The, with, with a good storyline and you've and it really beds you into each of those games really well and I'm thinking specifically probably about the tanker mission as well where uh, that f- first two hours and having most of that on a demo when you could get that on the demo like as in you could play mm. most of the tanker mission or well, maybe half a tanker mission on the demo like um and 
you know, I remember there was a big soaring of Zone of Enders. Loads of people bought Zone of Enders because the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo was on that. Mm. And it was almost like, it was just, to see that jump from Metal Gear Solid 1 to Metal Gear Solid 2 and then playing Snake on that tanker. And if you go back and play the tanker, as I'm assuming you have, yeah, that yeah, is in yeah. recent, like, is in the, the, the Olga Galukovic fight is is great, like, is in the interaction with the environment during that. Like, I mean, a lot of people sort of say, oh, it's not a wonderful fight, it's kind of a bit of a remix of Revolver Ocelot and stuff. But, you know, when the very first time when you can shoot a tarp off to, like, you know, kind of cover a searchlight that she's using to try and sort of, you know, find you and stuff, or, you know, or you shoot the searchlight out and you, you interact with the environment in that first boss fight. Just fantastic, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, and working your way through all the corridors and the tanker when you're in your first person mode situation, and you know, and when you have an alert, you see the guards react in a certain way, and the guards come up with their shields and things. And you know, like, as in, I've never felt such a thrill. What a thrill! But like, as in, you know, it's just like, and and you get it again in Virtuous Mission and Ground Zeroes and things where. Like, you just get that little contained sort of game that you think, this is a great game in itself. And I know that Virtuous Mission and Tanker are included in that game, so therefore it's an overall experience of Metal Gear Solid 2 mm. and 3. But certain, for me, definitely, they feel like a separate experience that you can enjoy just by itself and go, this is a great game within itself. It's really interesting you, you put it like that because, having, yeah, having played those those bits recently um it's like metal gear solid 2 wanted to have its cake and eat it right mm. so i think most people that are going to play it through are probably going to play through um you know tanker then the big shell bit and so the tanker bit basically becomes a tutorial right yeah yeah the problem is that metal gear solid 2 treats them as separate entities. Mm-hmm. So you start the big shell bit, and then it is trying to give you the tutorial again, uh, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. slams the brakes on and is actually kind of irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also select the two bits separately when you're starting a new game. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you can absolutely have them as separate bits, yeah. like you say. Metal Gear Solid 3 saw it as one experience and basically treats the Virtuous Mission as the tutorial rather yeah. than a separate entity. And then you go on a step to Metal Gear Solid Five, where it sees it as too much of a separate entity <laughs> and starts charging you money for the privilege. Yeah. Um, and so it feels like, as with most of the things in this um, episode, Metal Gear Solid Three is basically the happy <laughs> middle ground yeah. um, between a lot of this. But I absolutely see where you're coming from, and you know, as as a way of getting you comfortable with the basics, it's a it's a good mechanism, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, see. I mean, I, I've certainly not seen it in many games. I mean, sort of. Um, I think back to Red Dead Redemption Two, and sort of you know, and that that feels like you know, in the same way that there's a tutorial section that, mm. and that's quite weighty. But I remember thinking, gosh, that even that, that you know, two hours or whatever it is, where you're in the mountains and stuff at the start of that game, and that's like you know, its own little entity before you kind of start mm. the main game and things. And I remember thinking, this is probably the most fun I've had with this game that is in the the start um you know and, and that kind of feels the same really with maybe not metal gear solid 5 per se like you say it's a bit different but certainly metal gear solid 3 where you kind of just get into that sort of that that first little mission and stuff I and think then... they, they definitely count for some of the more memorable bits mm, mm. um you know certainly like metal gear solid 5 you know the the whole sort of um like guantanamo bay kind of yeah. camp thing as a as a location comes to mind more readily than 
just about anything else yeah, yeah, in, yeah, absolutely. in main Metal Gear Solid Five. So yeah. yeah, there's something to be said for it. Yeah, cool, fair enough. Um, so they were kind of like um, I've, I mean, I've, I could always have more, but they they were like sort of my my They're three of my, you know, my five. They they, they I, I kind of coughed up a few at the end. Uh, I've I've got two more left. Yep, go for it. Um, so the first one, um, was the moment I realised that David Hayter had written X Men One and Two. Mm. as well as voicing Solid Snake. Yeah. Um, and then also that um, Steve Blum, who um, voices Wolverine in a load of stuff, is also a character in Peace Walker as well. Oh, really? So you have okay. this kind of really cool little sort of triangle of yeah. nerdishness happening. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So uh, well done um, yeah. to, to David Hayter and his CV, I guess. Yeah, he is, he is a great guy. And, you know, and he's one of those people you kind of go and seek out what he's done and also um you know interviews with him just based on his voice acting <laughs> do you know what I mean that, and that's insane isn't it really you know that is in like it's a distinctive voice at least for when he's doing snake yeah, yeah. And, and what's going on with the movie is he is he playing snakes i honestly don't I, know i don't think he is is he that like, isn't the, the, the but the, the movie's in development isn't it at the moment now but obviously there's the strike now and things that is in so as we're currently you know taping there's a hollywood strike and um, but I know it's in. I know it's been in development health for like twenty years, but um, it's definitely meant to be in. You know, in production. I think the, the movie at the moment. Oh. So yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Be uh, interesting to see how it goes because like Kojima always seemingly wanted to make a movie. Well, <laughs> I feel so. like um, you know I'll definitely just go and watch Escape from New York again. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like, it's basically the same thing. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you like that film? Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, yeah. I, I bloody love that film. That is honestly like is in. Kurt Russell uh, as Snake is just <laughs> the original it's Snake. So good, such a good film. So uh, yeah. So um, and then on. my last one, my last cool. one, um, Metal Gear Solid Two. When the Colonel starts glitching out, and you get the mm. the weird stuff that he says, and the fish and mail screen, and mm. all of that. Simply because when I first played Metal Gear Solid Two, I didn't play it on the PS Two. I played it on my computer. Okay. Um, yeah. And I was um, in my room on my own. Um, and it must have been about two or three in the morning by this point. And it gets to like one of the weird things that the colonel says is that he just starts demanding that you turn the system off because you've been yeah. playing too long. And by that point, I had been playing <laughs> far too long. It was early in the morning and it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> and like, and I don't mean like, you know, it wasn't like jump scares or anything like that. But I have rarely played something that got under my skin <laughs> in quite the same unnerving way. And I include like the Psycho Mantis fight when I was a yeah. kid in that. Um, it's like, like a weird Silent Hill moment of. Yeah, like it's like I. And it was only when I played the, the more recent HD um, versions on, on Xbox and, and PS Vita. And he says it anyway mm. that I felt better about it because <laughs> I'd only like one of the times I'd only be playing about twenty minutes. Yeah. And he told I'm me not to doing that. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's all right. Um, it hits different when it's not three in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like that is still hands down my my most memorable um, mm. Metal Gear Solid related uh, yeah. moment. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean that is like I remember thinking at the time like you know like because this is probably pre-spoilery kind of era and stuff and you you know at our age then maybe you know reading a few things on the internet here and there but it was almost like you were like is the game broken yeah it goes into that mini screen in the top left hand corner yeah, and you're, you're still fight, fight you're still fighting enemies and snake's got your back and you're riding and you're like 
I have to do this. I have to fight in this tiny little screen up here. Yeah, like, yeah. And what is going on? Like, is in it is a stroke of genius to do that and freak you out and be like, you know, I feel like something's gone wrong here in the programming of this game, and they've released it. And it's just like, <laughs> and then you realize, ah, oh, there's a reason. Um, so that is, that is a cool moment. Um, mm. So just very quickly, because I know we're running for an hour and a half, that I something I had a, a thing about in the little quick break was, um, your favorite mech fight. In Metal Gear Solid, so oh. right, so Metal Gear One, yep. you're fighting Rex. Yep. Metal Gear Two, you fight a bunch of Rays as mm. Raiden. Metal Gear Three, you fight the Shagahod. Um, and it's almost wrapped in a, a bigger Volgin fight as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Metal Gear Four, the mech fight in Metal Gear Four is Rex versus Ray, pretty much. That is in. Mm. So you know that is in. You you fight against Ray. In Metal Gear Rex, on Shadow Moses, which is fucking cool. Well, like, that, that doesn't necessarily paint whether or not that's the best fight, but that bit is just like you know that's fan service to the brim. Yeah, um, true. And then Metal Gear Five already uh, sort of I guess reference it. This Salahanthropus, something like that, something like that. And then, but then you've also got a couple of mech fights in you know Peace Walker and 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 you know and also Portable Ops and things as well. So. Um, is there anything that stands out to you there that you like? Oh, that's the best mech fight, that, or the one that I enjoyed? Or um, I think the the ones that stand out for me, obviously, Metal Gear Solid Three and the Shagahod when you're on the bike and stuff like that. Yeah, um, cool. like rates pretty high. Um, but I think on balance for the whole thing, I've got to go with the original Rex fights. Yeah. Um, you know, for for Gray Fox's involvement, having to have a fist fight on top of it, and yeah. then the PlayStation trying to deal with a. Um, Heart pounding escape when you're driving away in the jeep and all that kind of stuff mm. as well. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be the original one. A railgun, you said. A rail. <laughs> it's like uh, the, the, yeah, the the only the only issue I have with that. Remember it back because you just mentioned Gray Fox was that you did like you did a bit of the fight, then Gray Fox jumps in, and then there is a video sequence where you've of got him doing you, a better fight. You, you've got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're like, why didn't you just take him out, Gray Fox? She took it. He's like, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just takes out his radar, doesn't he? You know, it like, takes out the radar dish, or whatever. And it's like, and that so you you have to watch this one and a half minutes of video, and then you get your ass kicked by Rex. You've got to go back to the start and do. It's almost yeah, like true. it can be a bit bitty, but I would probably agree with that. I think um, you know, I I really really loved Metal Gear Solid Five's fight, um, and I do think that possibly that's like kind of up there really. Um, you know, there's a lot of fan service to the Rex versus Ray that's fun. Um, I'm not so fussed about Metal Gear Solid 2 and sort of, you know, you're kind yeah. of just doing a lot, you're firing a lot like of... a gallery shooter almost. Yeah, pretty much, it? yeah, you're just firing a lot. Yeah, I think it's just, if you, I think if you up the uh, difficulty, then it becomes, like, if you're playing that on easy, for example, it's just like you get like three or four mechs and it's dead mm. easy. Whereas I think if you get like higher difficulty I think it's still the same difficulty but you just get way more rays to kill right. which kind of becomes like you know that's almost like a, a riding badass moment where it's like you know like if you're holding off like you know loads and loads of rays and stuff with your sort of you know your rocket launch that's pretty cool yeah. Um, but yeah um, and the Shagahod is just you know it is awesome really good fight that, that Volgin fight like you say in general that definitely represents Metal Gear Solid 1 in so much it feels more like that liquid snake, like revenge, anger, you know, I'm going to channel everything into beating you situation. Yeah. Um, the same with Volgan. So that they're really good sort of 
involved. Just like, just like get your take no, on it and just, just yeah. see what you, see what you thought yeah. on that as well. So, but yeah, I mean, I almost feel like Metal Gear Rex is like my pet by the end of sort of Metal Gear Four. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I want him to be there forever. That is in the well done, Rex. Got an emotional bond with him. Good boy. Um, <laughs> So speaking of pets that are like, you know, robots, we just bought a robot vacuum. So I'm going to go home and say hello robot to Mr. Robot vacuum? <laughs> robot vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Metal Gear. He's <laughs> <laughs> called Mr. Vacuum, so he's not got quite... Mr. A, vacuum. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> vacuum. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's the end of the podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening, and we will check you guys in a week's time. Cheers. Bye-bye. We have to say something Metal Gear related to leave. Metal Gear? <laughs> Just like this in the lolly lolly low. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>